Welcome to LifeBridge Church. We're glad you're here. If you're new to LifeBridge, there's a few easy ways to stay connected. Visiting our website is a great way to learn more, especially the My Life Bridge tab. It's the place where you can find info on upcoming events, sermon notes, and more. Check it out at mylifebridge.church. Our sermons are tied to a daily devotional. You can find them Monday through Friday on our website or our podcast channel. We're also on social media. You can find us on both Facebook and Instagram. You can sign up for email and text updates. We only send out things like weather cancellations and event reminders. We won't spam you with minor details. There are info cards in the seat back in front of you. If you fill one out, just drop it in one of the donation boxes and we'll take it from there. Thank you for supporting our mission. There's a variety of ways to give online and you can also drop cash and checks in the donation boxes in the hallway. Hi, welcome to LifeBridge. Here's the announcements for the week. Next Sunday, May 30th, we will be having a baptism service. If you are interested in being baptized, contact John Adams at john at lifebridge.church. For the majority of the summer, we'll be switching to one Sunday service time at 10 a.m. Stay up to date with current meeting times and locations at my LifeBridge. Thanks for your flexibility. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome to LifeBridge. Good morning. Good morning. So there were the digital announcements. Now you get the live announcements. So I'm Tia. I'm the outreach director. And this is my husband, Jim, who I bring up here to help me do this. So welcome. We're so glad to have you this morning. Um, now I'm passing off to him. Yeah, we're one mic this morning. So you'll have to just roll with us. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. And, you know, sometimes we ask ourselves, like, why, why are we here? What, what are we doing here at church? And Obviously, one of the reasons we like to gather is for community. I think community is sometimes uh, a little underrated, uh, and it's sometimes hard to do, right? Especially as we think in the pandemic, it's been rough at times, right? So it's great to see you here. It's great to make the effort, and it's great to uh, be together. So thanks for, thanks for coming this morning. And thanks for your generosity. Um, we couldn't do what we what we do here without you, and your generosity not only helps us help people in our community, but don't forget... Jesus says it's better than, to give than receive, more blessed. So you're blessing yourself as well. And our uh, tithe boxes are out in the lobby and right outside the double doors. Great. So uh, congratulations. You made it to the 10 o'clock. Uh, some of you were early for the 10 o'clock. That's okay, too, but that's great. So thanks for being here. So uh, what's, what's coming up, right? So next weekend... Uh, Pastor John is going to talk a little bit about baptism. He's going to teach on baptism. And if you're curious about how we do baptism here, why we do baptism the way that we do, etc., we encourage you to come and be part of that. If you've already heard that before and you've been interested in baptism, uh, feel free to reach out to Pastor John and talk to him about that and see if that might be something you would like to do. And then in three weeks, so June 13th, we are going to start meeting, weather permitting, outside again like we did last summer at Bushnell Park. Still 10 a.m. Um, Bushnell Park, that's not next Sunday. That's not the Sunday after that. That's June 13th. So if you show up at the park next week, you'll be there alone. But it's coming up on June 13th, Bushnell Park. All right. I think, I think we've pretty much drained the lake. So thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. I'm going to pass it over to uh, Jamie, our children's director. Ooh, I got a round of applause. Ooh. Oh, 
good morning. All right, I am Jamie Cook. I am the LifeBridge Kids Director here at LifeBridge. My husband and I have been rolling with it for, I think this is the end of our fifth year. It's been a great time. Our kids' ministry and our strategy is very intentional. Our volunteers serve for an entire school year in order to consistently invest in your child's life. We do that because we know it's important to have other adults speaking into your own children's lives, saying the same truths, and being in your corner. So that means we need to give those volunteers a little bit of a break. So we are going to do these weeks outside of the park, which is so exciting with some experiences for families. But when we return on June, sorry, nope. July, getting ahead of myself, July 18th, we are going to be having something called Summer Serve. That's simply an opportunity for you to step in and fill these roles so our volunteers can have a good time of rest and they'll be returning back in the fall to serve your families. So what I'm simply asking you to do is either grab this card, which is on the seats. Uh, if you don't see one, feel free to grab the Sign Me Up card just in the back of the chairs. And put your name down and select the dates that you could serve and the space that you want to serve in, and we'll provide everything else. So if you have kids and you haven't stepped in and served a little bit, this is a great opportunity for you to do that. If you don't have kids, but you are willing to hold a baby or sit with some preschoolers and talk about gross things or to sit with an elementary kid and have some fun, um, this is opportunity for you to just get your feet wet. We're not asking much. We're asking you for a serve a few Sundays so that our volunteers that are consistently serving in the school year can rest. So grab this card, fill it out, and you can either turn it into me at the new family check-in or just drop it into the tie slots. If you have questions or concerns, I'll, I'll be absolutely contacting you. We can talk about those when we do. But we provide everything for you to, in order to serve all the supplies, the lessons, all you literally need to do is just show up with a loving heart to invest in these kids' lives for a few Sundays. So please grab that card, fill it out right now, get those dates checked off, and then uh, turn it in at the end of service of the tie slot. We really appreciate your generosity of your time. We know it's a sacrifice, um, but we need you in order to invest in these next generation coming through those doors in those kids' rooms. Thanks so much, and you guys have a great Sunday. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Kids, welcome. Hey, you guys are in service with us. Welcome. We're glad you guys are here with us. Yeah, a couple of you guys are paying attention to make eye contact with a few of you. That's cool. Welcome. Um, glad you guys are here. So this is our uh, Calm Week. So here at LifeBridge, we kind of divide up our calendar into campaigns. Uh, they usually end up being 12, 13 weeks. And for the last two in this this campaign for the last three weeks, we do family services. So the idea is, like Jamie was talking about, through summer serve as well to give our volunteers a break, um, to kind of slow things down. We do these for a number of reasons. Uh, that's one. Another one is we really value families being together for worship. We think this is valuable sometimes. We can't do it all the time because we... Uh, we think what happens in the kids' rooms is super valuable, too, and we hope that you'll take part in that and see how valuable that can be and how enriching that can be, not only for you, but for the kids that you're serving in those rooms. So I encourage you to, if you've never tried it before, uh, get involved. Summer serve is a great time to try it and to just see what it's like. And oftentimes what we hear is through that, you recognize the value of it, and you see that God is doing amazing things in those rooms on a weekly basis as we minister to kids. So 
It's a few reasons why we do this and why we have calm weeks. And also, I'll, I'll add to the idea is um, to create a rhythm for or you to practice rest. Okay, we talk a lot about the disciplines and the practices. Um, and a while ago, John and I were having a conversation where we just kind of talked through rest and rhythms and decided, hey, we as a church aren't helping by constantly driving, 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 needing more volunteers, new big things happening, all of this stuff. So we created this church calendar rhythm to say, hey, we want to help. We want to be a help in doing God's work for his kingdom, but also creating rhythms of rest because we need this for renewal. So I think this is really important and we really value this and we hope that you and your, your family calendar will kind of come along with and begin practicing this stuff too because we think it's super, super valuable. So this, uh, this service, we're, we, we're calling it a testimony service, okay? So if you're not familiar with Christianese, it's just an opportunity to tell your story. And when I say Christianese, I mean the language that Christians tend to speak that nobody else understands what you're talking about. Like, if you know what I mean by hedge of protection, you understand Christianese. If you have no idea, you don't get Christianese, and that's cool. Um, so we just call this a time to tell your stories. Um, and this is the end of our Pray Like Jesus campaign. So we've been talking a lot about prayer and connecting with God through prayer. So we are talking. Uh, today we're just going to ask, Ian, you can go ahead and throw up the first question. Um, we want to hear from you. You guys are preaching today. Um, so open mic time. If you have a story or something that you want to share, just raise your hand, flag down Ian. Ian will come and give you the mic, and please go ahead and share your story. But as best we can, let's keep it to these topics, all right? So I get it. Sometimes these get off hand. <laughs> they get off track. That's cool. I get it. God can work in those too. But as best we can, let's keep it to the topics um, that we have here. So let me pray for us, and then we'll... Go ahead with our story time. Father, Lord, we just praise your name. We glorify you. How good it is to gather, to be with one another, and to praise you together in community. Lord, I pray over our time that as we share our stories, that we would be enriched, our faith would be strengthened. Lord, as we hear others' stories of prayer and how prayer changes us and how, Lord, you work through prayer. So, Lord, call us into prayer, and I pray that our stories and our worship would be honoring to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, first question is up there on the screen. Uh, we're going to need some brave souls to uh, start it off. Once the ball gets rolling, it usually is hard to stop. So, um, how has prayer changed you? So, part of our, our teaching on prayer has been that prayer is something that we do, and it ends up changing us a lot of times. We end up growing through this discipline and becoming more like Jesus. So as you think about this, as you think about your life of prayer, how have you seen your life change? I'll get the ball rolling for you. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, my grandmother taught me the Lord's Prayer when I was probably six years old. And two years later, she was diagnosed with a terminal form of cancer. Um, and I remember uh, since she taught me the Lord's Prayer, I spent the night fervently praying for her. Uh, 
um, that she wouldn't wouldn't die because I would I was afraid of death at the time, and I didn't want her to die, and I remember praying right through the night. And it probably was uh, four in the morning that I felt the Lord speaking to my heart that she would not die until I was ready for it. And uh, that was my first experience uh, hearing from the Lord in prayer. And um, it wasn't until I was probably 21 years old that I came to realize that she was suffering um, what I thought because of me, and that's when my prayer of acceptance that she could go home and she died soon after. So um, prayer is a powerful thing, and that's my testimony about prayer. Thanks, Bob. Ed, you got to watch those, like putting your arm around your wife. When I see the hand come up, I might call on you. <laughs> uh, during COVID, uh, for the last eight months, my wife and I have been in Texas babysitting a new grandchild and keeping the grandchild in the bubble. And because of COVID, the, we couldn't go to church in person, but we would always follow LifeBridge, you know, and every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, we'd sit down in front of our computer and see all of you people going in and out and missing it very much. And our children were kind of restricted as also because of COVID, and we kept talking to them about LifeBridge's service, and it's online, and just go to the website. Well, we prayed about it, that they would take our advice. Um, and it's kind of interesting, we prayed for, I don't know, probably a couple of months. And then about three months ago, when we would go to babysit on Monday mornings to take care of our little one, they would talk to us about the LifeBridge service and the podcast, and we would talk about the sermon together with them, and it really made an impact on their life that they could just tune into LifeBridge on, on their computer and be part of the service. So um, we've shared, I think we shared that with Pastor John, that it was a big, a big prayer, uh, thankful that that prayer was answered, and um, so that was our... Awesome. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go way, way back to when um, I had a little one that would crawl into my bed every morning at 2 a.m., and um, then I couldn't sleep, and I remember praying out, calling out to God, because this was going on for months and months, and I was getting just a few hours of sleep, saying, Lord, fix this. And I, at one point, I heard him say, no, you get up and spend time with me. And so it was a season of learning that it wasn't always about my comfort in prayer, that he was teaching me through prayer, that um, his will is not my own. And it was a beautiful time. And, and you know, over time, as I, start, as I was obedient to just get up and spend time with the Lord, um, God took care of that. She started sleeping lighter. Um, but just the, the mess, I guess, what I really got from it was that um, just to submit 
to the Lord's will and not always push my will into his. So. That's really good. Thanks, Rachel. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, be careful. Reminds me, be careful what you pray for sometimes. More time in prayer. Because God might wake you up in the middle of the night a few times. Okay. Did I say some hands come up over here? Yeah. Hi, everyone. First time here. Um, I'm a recovering addict. Um, I pray a lot. Um, this past week, uh, I decided to pray more, um, especially through the nights. I don't sleep well, and I can never make it to church. So I'm thankful to God that this week I was able to sleep last night and show up here this morning. So. Thank you. Thanks. Welcome. These stories are so encouraging and gives me courage to share. But um, I really don't have anything specific, but it's definitely changed me. It's my lifeline to knowing the Lord better. Um, and my prayers used to be a wish list, probably like a lot of people. And um, now I really have refocused on I just have this desire. He has given me this desire to um, ask for his will in my life, just like Rachel, sh Rachel had shared. Um, and when I don't do that, I had a bad week because I made other things more important than him. So it's, it's constantly changing me, and it's powerful, and it is one of the very precious times of my day. So... Thankful for that. Thanks, Helen. Anybody else on this one? Savannah? Babe? <laughs> this is my wife, Savannah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, in high school, I had a friend who was struggling with a lot, and um, I prayed for him all the time just had a terrible home life and lots of things going on. And um, I prayed really fervently. I kept inviting him to church, to youth group, where I went at the time. And I was just really praying that he would have this amazing experience with God on that Wednesday night service. And, um, and he did. He was crying. He went to the altar. He had this really great experience um, with the Lord. And then... A week later, fell into all the old habits that he had had before, and I was just like really crestfallen and heartbroken because I felt like, why did you answer this prayer? And then felt like you kind of took it away. And um, as I was journaling and praying and kind of mourning this experience, um, I very distinctly felt God telling me that I answered this prayer for you to show you how much I love you. And so it, it, my friend is still struggling. He's had some ups and downs. Um, we still keep in touch. But it was the first time that I realized that prayer is just very much supposed to be about your relationship with the Lord and how much he loves you. And sometimes he answers yes. Sometimes he answers no. Sometimes he answers, you know, not yet or with a way that we don't understand. But the dynamic is always supposed to point you back to how much he loves you and cares about you. Amen. Amen. Elaine. 
Hi. <clears throat> when um, I was a teenager, um, my pastor, who remained in our church for 35 years, um, I was raised with his family. Um, he had four children. And um, Paul was the oldest um, son. And he uh, saw that I was a wallflower, that um, I was sort of in the corners. And he took upon himself to make me feel special. He would take me for ice cream and he would take me to the swim club and he just made me feel special. And he, uh, he got married and developed bone cancer. And um, I saw him in the last couple months of his life and uh, because of the chemo, radiation, whatever, he did not look like himself. But he, he told me that I was worried about how you were going to handle this. And I'm okay, he said, with whatever God decides. Because he basically said, yes, I live for Christ, but I die for gain. Um, went to college, was in college, got a call from my friend that he had died. And um, my reaction was anger, I have to confess. Um, I left my dorm. I was out the entire night um, screaming at God. And um, I wasn't praising him. And um, I, all the churches in the small town where we went to college were open 24 hours a day. And I went into several. I finally went into the one that was near campus, and I fell asleep on, the, on a pew. And um, priest came and found me in the morning, and I kind of told him. But I was praying all night. I said, Lord, I'm angry. I don't understand. He was going to be third-generation pastor. He had preached. He was an awesome person. I don't understand why you took him out of this world. I do not understand. Probably never will. But, however, his words in the morning, the pastor said, what was his expectations of life? And I told him, he said, well, you know, I've lived for Jesus, but if I die, it's gain for me. I'll be with him. And those words that he had said and the prayers that my roommate who was like <laughs> very worried about me, had no idea where I was. Um, I felt God's peace that Paul was gone. And Bruce will tell you, Paul is, um, comes up in my thoughts to this day. And he died in 1972. And how he has changed me because of his testimony and his faith. So I just want you to know that you just never know how you're going to affect someone else. And it can be a lifelong change. 
And um, that's, that was a true blessing. And, and um, hopefully I'll get to see him when I get to heaven. But um, just want you to know, you are paramount to other people. You're paramount to your children. Pray with your children. Take the time to do that. Let them see you reading the word. Um, be, be a witness. Be an example. Um, because they're precious gifts. They pass too quickly and grow too quickly. But thank you. Thanks, Anna. Let's go on to the next question. Um, how has your prayer life grown over the years of following Christ? How has your prayer life changed? Mary. Um, my prayer life has really, really grown um, within the last like six months to a year because I kept asking the Lord to give me spiritual boldness that I could witness for him. And during this time, I had lung cancer. My husband passed away. And then just recently, I had two brain tumors that were stage four cancer already. And I just had surgery. And God has been with me through all of it. Every single time that I would go to him in prayer, I knew that God was walking me through every single part of it. He took my hand and he planned the whole thing. And I would give any day, one day of horrific, horrific um, agony to the Lord walking with him, then thousands of years of pleasure without God. Because each time that I went through something, I grew closer and closer to God. And um, prayer has really helped me. And right now, I'm still going through a lot of struggles. My son is in intensive care right now, and he has no idea who he is, what his name is. But I know God's going to see him through this, too. My grandson is struggling. There's so many. But I would not ever, ever blame God for anything. Without him, I could not do it. He is our Abba Father. He loves us so much. There's it's so hard for us in our infinite little minds to even imagine the unfathomable love that God has for each and every one of us. So I just thank him from the very bottom of my heart for all that he has done for me, all he is going to do, and all he has is doing now. So um, prayer has really, really meant a lot to me. Amen. Thanks, Mary. stories of how your prayer life has grown following Christ. There was one example earlier. I forget who said it. They said their prayer story was typically just a, a list, a laundry list of requests to God, uh, but now it's become much more about just being with him. That's a good example. Go ahead. Uh, Pastor John just stole what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Someone um, else said it before me. So yeah, that's all right. Um, I'll echo that then. Uh, my my prayers when I was first uh, following Christ were one for me. Um, but I, I found that 
prayer, intense prayer for my wife or my family or those I love and, and those I don't love um, brought me really close to the Lord at those times. And so um, now um, I would say my, my night prayers are, are more praying for myself and other people um, my own concerns, um, and and my morning prayers are all adoration um, for the Lord. Um, our church, I don't, I don't go here. Uh, I live in Florida, but my church in Florida encourages us uh, in the morning to do what they call 515, which is five minutes of prayer, five minutes of meditation, and five minutes of worship. Um, and uh, my wife and I tend to, had started that, and that's grown probably to an hour. I'm retired, so I don't have to go to work, but to about an hour to an hour and a half or two hours of nothing but prayer and, and uh, adoration for the Lord. So um, it's a good way for us to start the morning um, with a concentration of who's really in charge. Um, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Thanks, Bob. All right, better move on to the next one or else we're going to run out of time. How have we seen uh, God answer prayer? So whether in the affirmative, in the negative, or in the wait. <laughs> God tends to answer, but how have we seen God answer prayer? Back there. This last week, um, my husband went in for a biopsy of his liver. And uh, before he went in, we were in the room and we had prayed together. Uh, most of you have been praying for us. My husband has uh, cancer, stomach cancer. And so we were in the room and we had prayed with one another. They took him down and uh, he was supposed to have three spots on his liver they couldn't find not one. God had healed that moment right then and there. The doctor couldn't even do the biopsy, couldn't find them. So that was a definite answer to prayer for us. And we thank him dearly for it. Praise God. Thanks, Sandra. Any other stories? Yeah, Dan. Getting your workout in, Ian. You got, you got your pedometer on? <laughs> uh, I was uh, asked to lead worship for a trip to New York for our high schoolers. Um, and like two or a week before, I was working for Steinhoffels, the furniture company, and my partner had some furniture slip out of his hand and like a 200 piece of furniture landed on my arm and broke my wrist. And I was like, how am I supposed to go play guitar when my wrist is broken? And so we met up at the church later that day. I was talking to our team about what had happened and like apologizing, like, I don't know if I'll be able to go. And then they prayed over my wrist and went to the doctor the next day. And they took x-rays again from the, the orthopedic specialist that I went to. And they were like, are you, are you sure this is broken? And I like showed them the old x-ray. I was like, yeah, look at this. And they're like, well, this is your new one and it's not broken. It's cool. God answers prayers. <laughs> Praise God. 
That is pretty cool, yeah. Any other any other stories? All right. Well, if you guys do have more stories, so this week in the devotional, um, I'm going to encourage uh, the first three days, all of us, as we're going through uh, our devotional in the morning, whenever you do your devotional, to sit down and write out answers to all of these questions. Um, and if you keep a prayer journal or a journal, it's a good place to put these so that you can constantly be reminded of what God has done, uh, whether it's in your life or in the lives of or the stories of people that you know, who are the stories that you've just heard. Uh, write them down because there's going to be times in your life where you feel discouraged, where you feel as if God is not hearing your prayers. Uh, but these stories that we can constantly come back to will remind us of God's faithfulness, remind us of his goodness, remind us that he is here and he cares and he's listening so we can cast our cares upon him so each day monday through wednesday we're going to write down answers to these questions so if you don't know off the bat really spend some time thinking about it praying on it and finding answers to this like how have you grown how has prayer changed you over time that's a wonderful exercise and a great thought exercise to go through and say god how how are you forming me through this because if we're honest with ourselves, there are days when prayer seems like we don't have time, like it's just kind of, we're just kind of going through the motions, or we just don't feel like it. But when we remind ourselves of these stories of how the cumulative value of praying throughout your life is changing you, that it drives us to prayer, to spend time with God, because this is valuable, and we need it. And these stories are wonderful. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Let's pray, and then we're going to worship together. We're going to sing. Father, thank you for these stories. Thank you that you, God, want to hear from us. You want to communicate to us through your word, through prayer. God, thank you that you are near. Lord, what a wonderful mystery it is to think that the God of the universe is available to us in prayer that you have made a way, Lord. The veil has been torn. We can come to you and pray and commune with you. Lord, help us to value that, to cherish that time with you. Lord, as we reflect on the ways that you've answered prayer, how our prayer life has changed, and Lord, how you have changed us through prayer. God, I pray that your spirit would guide us to cherish those quiet moments with you, to cherish the prayer, even around the dinner table, the small prayers that we get to pray for one another. And Lord, how we just get to be with you and communicate with you, Lord. We're just in awe of you and we love you. So Lord, we want to talk with you. We want to spend time with you. Now, Lord, be honored and glorified in our praises as we sing to you. Because you are worth it. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you guys stand with us and let's sing together.
give you praise for who you are. God, help us to trust that you're working in our lives. Help us to know, Lord, that you care. And Father, when we come to you in prayer, that you form us, you change us, you make us more into the image of Christ. So Lord, continue that process in all of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can have a seat for a few moments. We're going to go into a time of communion now. Um, and with the kids in here, I wanted to explain just for a quick minute what communion is all about. Communion is a memorial. It, we do this to remember what Jesus has done for us on the cross. So the, the cup of juice, it represents Christ's blood, which was poured out for us on the cross. The bread, it represents Christ's body, which was broken for us on the cross. And so what we're doing is remembering what Jesus did together as a community. We're remembering that his death on the cross is our righteousness. That when we trust in Jesus, when our faith is in him, his righteousness is given to us. It is not by our righteousness or by our good deeds or how holy and pious we are that makes us right before God. It is solely through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross that we are made right before God. So that is what we are remembering when we take communion together. And communion should be one of those times as a, a unifying event for us as the church. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about communion. And 
What he, in the context, what he's talking about is taking communion in a way that we honor one another, okay? In a way that if we have offenses, if we have, are harboring unforgiveness with somebody else in the church, this is the time to forgive, okay? Before we take communion together, we should take communion knowing uh, the body of Christ, knowing who is among us. So as you're holding the elements before we take them together, be sure to think through and to process, am I harboring any unforgiveness against somebody in the church? And if so, I need to forgive them now. I need to act like Jesus and do what Jesus did for me in forgiving me. So as we're holding the elements before we take them, as we're singing together, reflect on if there's anybody that you need to forgive, if there's any issues that you need to address with others here in the church, okay? And ultimately reflect on what Jesus has done for you, which the forgiving others should be the natural progression of reflecting on what Jesus has done for you. Because when you see what he has forgiven you of and the pain and the sacrifice that he endured to make you right with God, how can we but forgive those who have offended us? So, parents, kids, uh, if parents, if you're comfortable, if you know, that you're, if you've had this conversation with your kids, if you know that they grasp this to some degree, that we're doing this to represent Jesus, we invite you to take communion with us. If you haven't had this conversation with them yet, let this be a good marker for you to have a conversation with them. Maybe in the car or when you get home to talk about what communion means, what Jesus did on the cross for them, okay, and have that talk, okay, so... Your decision, parents, but we're going to take communion together. And so grab the elements. They're in the back. We're going to start with the back, or start with the front rows. Come to the middle. Walk to the back. When the row in front of you finishes, then you go to the middle and walk to the back. Grab the communion elements. Hold on to them at your seat, and we'll pray for them together. I'll kind of lead the way, and you guys can follow me back there, okay?
Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. Lord, as we imagine the pain that you endured on the cross, Lord, as we imagine even the pain that you endured in your life compared to eternity with the Father, Lord, we are so grateful that, Jesus, you would come, that you would endure the pain of life here in our experience, that, Lord, you know what it is like to be tempted. You know what it is like to mourn. You know what it's like to feel pain. So, Lord, when we pray to you, we pray to one who knows. So, God, you know our hurts, you know our pain. And yet you knew no sin. And, Lord, you took our sin on the cross for us. So, Jesus, we are forever grateful. And, Lord, as we partake, we remember your body that was broken for us. Let's partake of the bread. Now would you join with me in praying for the cup. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was shed. Lord, as, as we hold this, we're reminded of sin and how gross and how evil it is that, Lord, it required your blood to cover it. That, Lord, there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And yet, you paid the penalty. You have washed us in your blood, Jesus. There is no greater love than that. So, Lord, we are thankful for your blood that was shed for us, that cleanses us from unrighteousness. And, Lord, we are so thankful for this new covenant that you have established with us in your blood. That, Lord, it is by faith and trust in you that we are made righteous. And so we trust in nothing else but your work on the cross, Jesus. And we remember your sacrifice as we partake together. Let's partake of the cup. Let's sing just a little bit more together before we close. Would you guys stand with us? Yes. 
Lord Jesus, we live our life in honor of you. Lord, help us to follow your way. Lord, guide us as we commune with you in prayer daily, moment by moment, as we seek to live in your presence, God, and to follow you wherever you lead. So, Lord, continue to change us. Continue to make us into the image of Christ. Help us, Lord, to discern the body, um, as your word says, to love one another as you love us, to forgive as you have forgiven us, to give grace, Lord, where grace is due. So, God, help us to live like you, to follow your way, Jesus, in all things. It's in your name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thanks for being here today, guys. If you need prayer, I'll be out in the lobby. Please, please feel free to just chat with me, and I'd love to pray for you. Have a great day.